Hello and welcome to Fact Schmacks, a hastily put together podcast good enough to get you a C. Uh, actually, today it's more like a D. <laughs> Probably more of a D today. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Matt, and I don't necessarily have a story to tell you today, but I've got something. And my name's Kev. I'm just going to be a jackass like normal. All righty. So this is the third in the vacation saga of <laughs> podcasts. Yeah, when you get back, we're going to have more vacation saga. You'll be like, oh, I'm too sunburned to put a show together. So, <laughs> uh, And this one, oh boy, it's uh, this is going to be different. I'm going to right off the hop. A lot of the material that I'm that we're going to be talking about today, I have taken whole hog from. Uh, a specific podcast slash website called Skeptoid. Uh, if anybody is interested in um, science um, um, and that sort of stuff, uh, they should check it out. It's great. It basically, it takes on like urban myths, looks at the history of them, uh, urban legends, pop science, things like that. Uh, it's super great. But I have compiled here, Kevin. Matthew. To kind of put things a little topsy-turvy, a little on their head, we're going to flip things around. We're going to rethink the paradigm here. And what we're going to do is I'm going to put some questions to you, brother. Perfect. <laughs> I've been ready for this my whole life, buddy. <laughs> I have in front of me a list of people. And I'm going to ask I you, always thought you had a list of people, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if- I don't know if you should read it on the air. <laughs> yeah, I've got a list of people to help. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, help. Yeah. With bullets. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, we're in Canada. We don't do have to the guns. entire world. Uh, uh, yeah, I've never, I've only seen you angry one time, and it was my fault, and I laughed for literally 30 minutes <laughs> straight after. <laughs> I was walking down a street laughing to myself, crying, bent over at 8 o'clock right, in the morning. Do you want to tell the story? I guess. Just, you know, okay. So Matt and I used to work together at the border. Um, I worked a night shift. Matt worked a day shift. So we worked on the weekends because it was a 24-hour type thing. Obviously, I worked a night shift. And I went to see Matt before I walked home. And uh, Now, to add my own bit of context... I was in college at the time in a different city, so I was driving home in the morning, hungover like crazy to get there to put in like a five-hour shift doing the worst job in the world to get just a little bit of money. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my side of the story. So uh, anyhow, so I I went down to see Matt and uh, I noticed that Matt wasn't looking at me. And he wasn't paying attention and he, he seemed like he was very focused on what he was doing. So naturally, I just banged the door really hard. I think I, I think it was like, ah. And, yeah, you uh, opened it really fast and went, ah. Yeah, something like that. It's, <laughs> dude, I mean, this is like 20 years back. Anyhow, pretty normal like thing for two dudes to do to one another. But he yeah. threw the pen down. And I distinctly <laughs> remember you throwing the pen at the desk and it flying off. God damn it. <laughs> and that right there killed me. I, was, I just started laughing. I was crying. I had to walk away and the whole walk <laughs> was, home. And that's the only time I've ever seen you mad. 
the only time, and it was my fault. I was fighting for my goddamn life in that office. <laughs> Dude, I literally, I swear to God, people must have thought I was a madman because I was just on the side of the road just laughing, keeled over every time I would think about it. I, mean, I, would, I wish I could have seen it. I'm sure it was hilarious. Yeah, it was great. So anyhow, yeah, that's our fun story. Uh, so I've got a list of people here that are maybe real or maybe not. It's going to be up to you to decide. And Once again, I, will, I always thought you had one of those lists. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I will. Uh, I will let. Then we'll. I. I have a blurb again taken directly from this, so this we're, website. We're plagiarizing, but in a fun way. Well, we're crediting. Okay, so I guess it's not plagiarizing. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm citing. I'm quoting. Okay. Cool. And and people should go to Skeptoid because it's it's fantastic. And then come back. Um, Please come back. We need, <laughs> we need all seven of you. Yeah. So the first one I've got here, and these ones are gonna these first three should be pretty easy. Helen of Troy. Legit. Real or fictional? You think real? Yeah. Eh. Nope. Fictional. What? Yep, although there is some scholarly report for the claim that the Trojan War may have actually happened in some form, probably around 12th century BCE. Almost all of its details, the Trojan horse, beautiful Helen, whose abduction triggered the war, are purely literary inventions from classic Greek mythology. Uh, although her earliest appearances in print form are from Homer's Iliad and Odyssey, uh, we think, you know, we meaning the kind of historical society or, or people who know these things, uh, think Homer drew her from oral legends dating back from more than a thousand years before the Trojan War. So you're telling me there's no Helen of Troy? Nope. And there, there was, was no Trojan horse War. full no. of soldiers? Yeah, there was no horse. No, that didn't happen. Well, there's some history I can unlearn. <laughs> well, it's important to know, like... In terms of um, literature, because it's like, you know, classic uh, legend and literature. But uh, how about uh, Ulysses, a.k.a. Odysseus, uh, also from uh, the ancient Greek hero from uh, the, the Iliad and Odyssey? Do you think so we're not talking dude? about Ulysses S. Grant? No. Uh, I think he is a figment of fiction. <laughs> You're probably right. This one gets a probably rating. Uh, history can't tell us for certain whether there was an actual Greek king of Ithaca named Odysseus. We also don't have reason to believe there wasn't. So it's kind of like Schrodinger's cat. Yeah, like eh, probably not. But like it's nothing yeah. to say that it didn't happen. But um, in the, isn't the Odyssey where he like goes through through hell and stuff? Yeah, I'm gonna say that. So I mean, that, probably didn't that, happen. That prob that probably didn't. <laughs> Just that part uh, of it, you know. Go out on a limb here. <laughs> um, yeah. So you know, like there is a lot of stuff in the Iliad and the Odyssey that is based on on real stuff and places, but but he's probably not one of them. Okay. What about what about Homer, the guy who who wrote the Iliad and the Odyssey? Uh, is he like a composite character? You're right. Yeah. See? yeah. See how easy this could be? <laughs> what? Good stuff. Yeah. That's right. Uh, 
The great books, the Iliad and the Odyssey, were certainly written by someone, but by whom? They're officially uh, anonymous coming from a tradition that includes many authors and poets. Uh, since ancient times, the name Homer was attached to them, but there's never any serious belief that such an indi- individual existed. Uh, yeah. I'm sure that there's people in the world today who, when they hear Homer, they think the Iliad and the Odyssey, and I just think the Simpsons. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. I instantly go to the Simpsons because I am just a, uh, I'm just like a, you know, I'm a pleb. I'm just a guy who grew up on TV. I don't know any fine yeah. culture or, uh, you know, literature. I'm just like, yeah, Homer Simpson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some people mm-hmm. might hear that, like, you know, some Jeopardy guy and be like, oh, yes, the Iliad. The Iliad of Homer. Yeah, yeah I'm, no. just, I'm straight up Duff Beer. I even think Parker I even Ends. think the Jeopardy guy at this point, like Homer Simpson has been around ubiquitously in pop culture for so long. So long. You'd Dude, be hard like pressed. 30 something years. Yeah. You'd right? be hard pressed not to think about that at this point. Yeah, first. Okay, fair enough. Maybe I'm. I think so. You're not as bad off as I thought. I don't think so. That's just, you know. How about uh, going way, way forward? Okay. How about old Uncle Sam? Oh, he's fake. Fake as could be. Real guy. No. Yep. Sam Wilson owned a meat packing company that sold barrels of beef to U.S. soldiers during the War of 1812, uh, where... Just saying, we burned down the White House. Actually, I shouldn't provoke things right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come are, on, man. <laughs> you guys are sending money to people who are occupying our capital. That's not cool. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, let's not get into that. Nope. Um, anyways, uh, yeah. Anyways, these barrels were stamped U.S., which soldiers joked must have stood for Uncle Sam. His reputation was that of a man of great character and honesty. And 150 years later, in 1961, an act of Congress officially saluted Uncle Sam Wilson as the progenitor of America's national symbol. Well, no shit. Yeah. Huh. I would never have guessed in a million years that that was a legit dude. I thought he was just like, a, you know, the Santa equivalent of war propaganda. Mm-hmm. All right. Interesting. Um, Johnny Appleseed. Are you familiar with Johnny Appleseed? Give me, give me the story tree. because I just think of the Johnny jokes. Uh, tree planting folk character. Um, famous for planting apple nurseries. Uh, I mean, God, what a boring story. Uh, can I go with I don't care? Also, also <laughs> famous for wearing a, a, a pot on his head. Oh, and he was he was basically transient. He wandered around with a pot. Oh, on dude, his head. There, uh, there's guys like that all over my neighborhood. Johnny Appleseed walks by three times a day. Mm. He's looking for he's, smoke yeah, butts. Sort of an American folk hero. Yeah, I 100 percent believe that there was somebody back in the day who wore a uh, pot lid hat, and also probably earned the nickname. Probably believed in lizard people. Oh. Uh, he is real. John Chapman earned the nickname Johnny Appleseed by planting nurseries to grow apple trees. Beginning on his own land, Grant that he received as a Revolutionary War soldier fighting under George Washington. A man of great piety and faith, he lived an almost hermit-like lifestyle of service. 
He founded nurseries throughout northern Ohio and encouraged his manger, managers, sorry, not managers, uh, to sell or give away the trees as cheaply as possible. Okay. So, I mean. Johnny Appleseed. And he wore a pot on his head. Okay. For, mm-hmm. Is there any particular reason? That's why he wore the pot. pot. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe because he was traveling. Maybe he was a pothead. That's the low hanging fruit right there. Yes. I guess if he's traveling and he needed a pot to cook stuff in, maybe it was just convenient to carry around on his head. Sure. Uh, I find it weird. You know, like, do you think somebody could get famous for making like an orange bush or an orange grove now? People seem to only get famous for sex tapes and, you know. I think that was, you know, that's way, you know, that's, uh, he was a soldier for George Washington. So that's a long time ago. At the time, um, Ohio wasn't that settled. So I think he was doing a lot to kind of settle areas. Okay. I think he also, I think he also maybe was taking advantage of some sort of loophole where by planting trees, he was kind of claiming land. Oh, a businessman, is he? I think he was a bit of a businessman. Okay. All right. Um, How about this? The Amazons, just as a race, a race of lady warriors. I think that was a real, real thing. Uh, No, I think Jeff Bezos wishes it was. (laughs) Probably fictional. Although they're frequently mentioned in ancient history texts fighting Greeks and Romans, they're even more frequently mentioned in classical mythology, and no firm evidence has ever shown that their kingdom actually existed. Their homeland was always given as somewhere far away, sometimes Asia, sometimes Scythia, sometimes Turkey. Stories say their mothers cauterized one breast at birth so that it never developed, sometimes to the left to facilitate archery, sometimes to the right intending to strengthen the sword arm. I don't know how cauterizing a breast strengthens the oh, sword arm. Oh, sounds like horrible thing to do that does sound like a horrible thing to do i mean i don't doubt that there was probably at some point in history uh where a situation necessitated a bunch of badass bitches to get together and go fuck some shit up i'm sure that's happened so lootly yeah i let me tell you about some badass bitches there's some bad bitches let me tell you about a group do you did you know that um in germanic tribes uh, that would invade like Rome, for example, they'd bring the women and children with them. And what the women would do is stand there with swords. And if the men started retreating, the women would start attacking them. Oh, that sounds legit. Yeah. They just like, I think Sid would do that to me. You're going out there to fight. And if you try to come back, you're dealing with me. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) For Don't sure. come home until this is done. But like they were also, it. that was um, probably necessary because they were moving their entire civilization. So if you lose a battle in that case, you're done. The whole thing's done. Oh, yeah. 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 Stakes are pretty high. For sure. How about this one? Speaking of battles, Sun Tzu. Oh, the, the art of war. war str- yeah. The ancient war strategist. Hmm. I'm going to say, uh, <laughs> God, I want to say legit, but I feel like it's not legit, but I'm going to go with my gut and just say legit. Fictional. Yeah, that's what I kind of thought. I figured it was like maybe just a tome of 
war strategies that well um it's 50 50 let's say uh, traditionally, he was the author of The Art of War, and although historians are split nearly 50-50 over whether he actually existed, the absence of evidence, uh, while not evidence of absence, makes a strong case that he didn't exist uh, as a missing evidence. I don't know, man. Uh, I'd say that's like a half point then. Well, um, while tradition tells us that he was a great military leader and government official, no actual records exist that name him and detailed accounts of the battles attributed to him make no mention of his name. Most likely the book was a compilation of military theories from many men over many centuries. And the, uh, you know, and this, <laughs> this, the author there uh, concludes with, and this conclusion really upsets many of his Western followers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, you know, I think that if he was supposedly at these places and he was this great guy, he they would have mentioned him, right? Maybe. That doesn't mean if that he didn't write the book. Dude, I've got like three friends that are nerdy enough to write Sun Tzu because of all the documentaries and video games. They know to attack with the sun at your back so it blinds your enemy. Well, no, like it's they're sound theories. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. Sun Tzu... Doesn't necessarily have to have fought everything to have written the book. That's what I'm saying. Well, I think he wrote again. He probably wrote the book. Every day I write the book. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's hear more of these uh, names on your list. I'm enjoying this. How about this one? Uh, For no reason at all. Typhoid Mary disease vector. (laughs) Typhoid Mary. Legit. Yep. Yeah. Mary Mallon was a cook in New York City in the early 1900s and was an asymptomatic carrier of typhoid fever. The law required carriers to be imprisoned in isolation wards, uh, which Mary was twice, changing her name and moving around and resuming her work as a cook, insisting that she was disease-free. The law finally caught up with her and she eventually died in isolation, a minor celebrity. Between three and 50 people are believed to have died from her infected meals. Really? So yeah. she was a dick. Yeah. She just stayed home and isolated. She she should have. So wasn't that like t- typhoid? Wasn't that like where they had the sanatoriums or teriums or something like that? Um, or am I thinking of something else? There was something. No, you know, you're they thinking the- of um, consumption. Not cons- um, yeah, the uh, uh, they used to have like like uh, wards and stuff, like an influenza, like uh, didn't they have some kind of polio? Diphtheria. Or- there was something, man. Yeah, I oh, swear maybe. to God, it was typhoid. You could be right. It could be typhoid. Yeah, I guess if there was laws requiring that people needed to, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, if there was laws requiring that people needed to go to isolation wards, then yeah, and they surely. have those like sanitors. They it's a san. Sanitarium or sanatorium? Is there a difference? Or is it the same thing? Am I just saying it funny? To- uh, like one, like, like one makes you think of a mental for, institute, right? Yeah, a, a, a sanatorium is a mental institution. But there's one that's in, similar. In my city, there's a sanatorium road. There's similar ones that are not. They're not mental institutions, but they were used as like as like wards for people when they were super sick. Yes. I don't know. We'll look at that. Anyways. Yeah. Do, do you want another one here? 
Of course. Alrighty. Keep it coming. Alrighty. How about uh, King Solomon, famous biblical king? King Solomon. Uh, yeah, he. Uh, I vaguely remember there's some story that I heard with him, something to do with the Jews and Israel. No, he did a thing in the Bible. Yeah, he did a thing in the Bible, right? Yeah. Uh, boy, legit. Assumed real. Uh, there's no archaeological evidence of King Solomon of Israel or his reign, nor is there archaeological evidence of Solomon's temple, despite uh, a number yeah, of Solomon's competing temple. claims to the contrary. However, uh, there is documentary evidence from historians, including Romans and Greeks, uh, and uh, even excluding the Bible, there's sufficient uh, writing about him at the time to uh, that that his existence should be kind of the, the default assumption. Okay. Sweet. So, yes, King... King Solomon, real guy, apparently. We should be as uh, far as we can tell. Here. I, sh- I won't be wearing the dunce cap. <laughs> I feel like it's done reasonably well on this. Uh, what about... Um, hang on. Now I'm flying by the seat of my pants because I only had a certain amount of these actually kind of flagged. Oh, so you're telling me that you weren't prepared? <laughs> I didn't know how, how many of these you'd want to do. <laughs> I got all night, motherfucker. <laughs> what about, um, hang on. Okay. Beowulf. You know, the, the Norse hero, Beowulf. I'm thinking of Guitar Wolf. Poem. Nah, yeah. Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. No, Beow- Beowulf. Beowulf. Uh, False. Fictional. Yes, correct. Correct. It's like a Norse legend uh, or something, wasn't it? It's an old English poem. It's like the first English written poem. Um, said to have lived some 1,500 years ago, 500 years before the great poem was written about his battles with the monster Grendel and other creatures. No <laughs> historical reference to any such person having actually lived outside the literature and thankfully no reference to the monsters either. I'm curious who Grendel is. Because I talk about my grundle a lot. Absolutely. Yes, your grundle pillow. Yeah, I have a grundle pillow. Grundy. Yeah, Grundy. Is that what you call it? Yeah, Grundy. I just sucked parts into it all night. I put it, I put it between my legs. It makes my back feel good, like a pregnant lady. They say, that, they say to do that when you're pregnant, or you look like you're pregnant. <laughs> yeah, it How about King back. Arthur? Uh, King Arthur is... False. Yes, the Grail Questing Sovereign is fictional. Uh, I knew that. No evidence of an Arthur Pendragon anywhere. Badass last name. It is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is a badass. Yeah. But yes, it's that's that's clearly. uh, I don't feel like I really need to get too far into that one. Uh, How about the Hatfields and the McCoys? That's legit. Yeah, it is legit. Yeah, that's a real mm-hmm. thing. They're that like a, a southern family that feuded forever, right? Yes. Uh, in the 1880s, the Hatfields lived in West Virginia side of the Tug Fork River. Tug Fork River, by the way. Do you remember when we talked about that before? Uh, that was the um, bridge to USSR. That's that's right. Uh, 
Fridge to USSR. Uh, yes, uh, and the McCoys lived on the Kentucky side. The McCoys got the worst of it, losing nine killed until the law put a stop to it by arresting eight Hatfields, hanging one and imprisoning the rest for life. Damn. Damn. What were they so fighting they about? Like, oh, who knows? It's like the, uh, have, have you, uh, you know much about the Black Donnellys? That's probably going to be an episode at some point. Yeah, but. I know a little bit about them. They were just kind of like a rough clan of folk who lived not just, too far from here. Yeah. Lucan, yeah. I believe, I, right? Lucan, Ontario. That's right, out in Lucan. Yeah. Still a sensitive topic out there. There's still, you know, people are, people still are very, yeah. Oh, you, know what we should, you know what we should do then? We should do an on on remote uh, remote uh, fact max where we hit the road <laughs> and, Don- and go to the Black Donnelly's house, do a little fact max <laughs> investigation. How about uh, this one's easy? This will be. I think this might be the last one. This one's really easy. okay. Sherlock Holmes. Well, he's fictional, but I mean, unfortunate. Did you hear the theory? Uh, so we have a bookstore in town here and uh, mm-hmm. it's like you use bookstore. It's they got a lot of selection. We pulled a whole bunch of books out of there recently, like last oh, week. Yeah. Good for you. Uh, I went there one day looking for a book and I started talking to the owner who had just finished all the Sherlock Holmes books. And okay. he was telling me this theory that uh, it was kind of a conspiracy theory. So it kind of ties into our last episode. Where Watson never existed. Oh. So I'm going to dig a little deeper on this, but the premise is basically that uh, Dr. Watson is referred to, but never directly by another person. Yeah, he's basically like uh, the guy from Fight Club. So he's referred to often by Holmes, but never directly by any other characters. If I recall what he said correctly. Uh, I'm sure you could Google it and look up the Dr. Watson never existed thing and find the true breakdown of what it is. But I mean, that's just a little nugget to kind of maybe send you on your way. But I thought it was kind of a neat thing. That is a neat thing. And I know Arthur Conan Doyle was quite into the occult and ghosts and seances and and the like. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Him and his, his buddy, Harry Houdini had quite a, quite a difference of opinion on that. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, there little... was something about Watson being a war, a guy from the war or something that had died. Because Watson know, was, was supposed to have had like a limp or something from the war. Yeah, he had an injury. Yeah, so there's something. Yeah. there was something that tied in like that. Anyhow, I thought it was kind of neat. I meant to look more into it, and I forgot about it until you mentioned that, and now I'm going to look into it again. Mm. It's You know, it's not hip to like the... Um, the Sherlock that they did, the BBC did a couple of years ago, because some of it, some of it's pretty hokey in hindsight, and they, I don't think they did as great a job with the premise as they could have. But there's, there's some really, there's some really good stuff in that, uh, and just some great performances. I don't I like a good Sherlock. I don't think I've seen it. You're not talking about the movies. No, no, though it's with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and uh, Martin Freeman. The TV show has Benedict Benedict Cumberbunch. Uh, ben Benedict Cucumber Patch. <laughs> ben, Benediction uh, Concombre. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't realize yeah, that. It, I thought it, that it was a movie. 
No, it's well, they're each each episode's an hour and a half long, so they're they're movie length. And the only one I think I read was a Hound of the Baskervilles, and I got when I was a kid. I don't know if you remember these or not. You could get like a box of classic books. Yeah, and they were I think they were, were kind of condensed. Yeah, they were condensed, yeah. they were abridged version. So you yeah. wouldn't get like the old English, you would just get the story. So you'd read Dickens great, with the old English. They have gray covers with like a red or red well, they line had, they had around col- the border and then like the picture in the in the middle. I think so, yeah. I think like gray spine and then like gray on the outside, red border, and then the the cover. Maybe I'd have to see them again, but they and they were small. Yeah, I got them from my library. I got a bunch of them. I got like Frankenstein. I got a bunch of Sherlock yeah. Holmes. I had, yeah. a, I had all of those when I was a kid. I read all those classic books when I was like a little kid. Like nice. Swiss Family Robinson and Robinson Crusoe. And yeah, Doc Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Yeah, A Christmas Carol. And there was like a couple, there was Hound of the Baskervilles and one other one, Sherlock Holmes book. Yeah. Uh, did you know uh, Arthur Conan O'Doyle? Yeah, Doyle. Just Doyle wrote uh, wrote those books, and it was there's some some actor who was like his cousin, but also had like a secret service thing. And some people say that that was the inspiration to um, to uh, oh, uh, dude from uh, Sauron from uh, Lord of the Rings, that guy, Christopher. Oh, I, you know what? I was thinking Christopher Lee. Yeah, Christopher so Lee. No, he was a. Yeah, he was. I know he was in the Secret Service. And, yeah, uh, he was Arthur Conan Doyle's like cousin. I is what I remember. Uh, I read that just like a week or two ago. Do you, ever, do you ever see that clip of him explaining to Pete Jackson what it actually sounds like when somebody gets stabbed from behind? No, they were on set, and and I think he'd asked him to like do something because uh, it was a worm tongue was was going to come up and stab him in the back. He was supposed to make some sort of noise, and he's like, "What? Well, actually, when when one is stabbed in the back, they make sort of a soft exhale, like a because <sighs> they can't really breathe as the lung has been punctured." Oh, Jesus, <laughs> yeah. So he's maybe so he might be our new Wilford Brimley. I was just gonna say, like him and Wilford Brimley. Like I think, dude, they should totally do age, an action movie. Yeah, because I think they're both. Is Christopher Lee dead? Wilford yeah, Brimley definitely alive. is, isn't he? Yeah, he's still alive. Wilford Brimley is? I think. The diabetes didn't consume him? Uh, Let's, no, you know what? Yeah. Are you doing it? Yeah. I was thinking, you know, we talked about uh, some things occasionally in our shows where we're like, we're going to address that last week. Case in point, uh, we talked about the nuclear SL1. Oh, he did die. He died in 2020. Uh, can do have control rods addressed. They do. Yep. Uh, I Can-dos. didn't think about it because I've never seen them, but they do. Um, yep. And the other one will still get back to <laughs> the, No, the, con- the uh, control rods in the uh, Chernobyl plant, they did get stuck. They get stuck. Okay. Yeah. So. But it was because the it was the fuel channels had ruptured, so they, they jammed got stuck the fuel inside. Channel. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so we've addressed uh, that. But so Wilford Brimley died, right? Yes, he did. And Christopher so Lee. Our, no. Christopher Lee is, I believe, still alive. Okay. Our dream cast, our dream show of uh uh Brimley and Lee. Dude, they can uh, still do it. 
They, I mean, they put Mark Hamill uh, with without him in yeah. in that Boba Fett movie. Listen, I have a theory. Perhaps okay. we could be stand-ins. Hmm. I'm definitely Wilford Brimley. Hundred <laughs> percent. I'm not nearly <laughs> tall enough to be Christopher Lee. Yeah, but man, he's a big man. We'll get you on stilts. Movie magic. <laughs> I'll look like Slender Man. (laughs) 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 Fucking pale, long legs in a suit. (laughs) Knows how a man sounds when he's exhaling with his last breath. (laughs) Well. All right. So I've got two quick stories here for you. Okay. His first one really just revolves around... uh, um, an awareness letter that's gone around. And this is something that you may have heard of. And, and if you have, I, I just, you know, just, I'll just get through it and then you can say, yeah, I've definitely heard of that. Uh, well, that's not my style, Matt. I'm going to say it halfway know. through you reading it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, go ahead. You probably will. Go ahead. But uh, uh, this is all about the, the dangers of dihydrogen monoxide. Now, it's also <laughs> known, unless it's also known as hydroxyl acid. Uh, and it's a major component of acid rain, contributes to the greenhouse effect. Yep. It can cause severe burns, uh, contributes to the erosion of our natural landscapes. I hear it's in the vaccines it, too. It's. I think it is, yeah. It accelerates um, corrosion and rusting of many metals. Yep. Uh, it may cause electrical failures, decreases the, electri- uh, sorry, the um, effectiveness of automotive brakes. Yep. Despite the danger, dihydrogen monoxide is often used as an industrial solvent and coolant in in nuclear power plants, which is probably where yeah. I guess where you've where you've experienced you know come into contact. Well, it's usually with it. monohydrite, like a yeah, yeah, but you know. uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, it's used in the production or of is styrofoam. It trihydrate. Trihydrate. I think it's. Pr- one of the two. Yeah, I think, or it's got like extra nuance, nu- neutrons. Well, it's just, yeah. yeah. See, I told Put you I wouldn't let the, you finish it. You wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> it's used as a, hey, it gets, it's, gets used as a fire retardant uh, in many forms of cruel animal research uh, in the distribution of pesticides. Even after washing, this remains uh, on the produce. The produce is still contaminated with this chemical. Uh, and it's an additive in certain junk food and other food products. Yeah. This, Obviously, it's water. This sounds it's really water. F- it's H2O. Oh, come on. We can have some fun with that. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it's That's not really water. what I wanted. It's it's water. And, you know, all those things are true. Like, uh, there's another one that where it goes through, like, all the, it, it goes through all the deaths that are attributed to it. Because if you count, like, drowning deaths. Then yeah, totally. <laughs> and that's, um, that's why you got to be careful what you read. Yes. You can slant and anything. That's what uh, what I actually wanted to get to because it's several times politicians have read this and ran with it. And I just want to give some some shout outs to some particular incidents. Well, like they've read uh, it thinking it's a thing. Yep. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. In 2001, a staffer in New Zealand Green Party MP Sue Kedgley's office responded to a request for support for a campaign to ban dihydrogen monoxide by saying she was 
absolutely supportive of the campaign to ban this toxic substance. Uh, this was criticized by the National Party, um, the National Green Party, I mean, uh, one of whose, or no, maybe the National Party is a different party, one of whose MPs fell for the very same joke six years later. Uh, I think I know an MP that would fall for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hear she was just out for dinner. I didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anyways. We'll discuss that later. Uh, I'll have to ask you yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <coughs> a city in California almost considered banning the use of foam containers at city-sponsored events because of dihydrogen monoxide was part of its production. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> See, this goes back to the whole... Um, so obviously it was our, our last episode, but we did record it earlier today and what, what our reality is. So we, we talk about conspiracy theories and we, in that show, if you haven't listened to it, we mentioned how somebody somewhere started that rumor. Mm-hmm. So somebody somewhere sat down at their computer and we were like, I'm going to call water this and I'm going to write all this shit about it and I'm going to see what happens. Well, it's a, it's a perfectly legitimate way of saying, of, of saying water. It's just not the way you would usually do right. it. Right. But when you put yeah. all those facts around it, you make it sound like this sure. horrible thing. And it's like, yeah, absolutely. Water. And they're all true. It's, they're yeah, all they absolutely 100%. true. How about this? This is actually a fantastic use of this. In 2006 in Louisville, Kentucky, David Karam, he was the executive director of the Waterfront Development Corporation, a public body that operates the Waterfront Park, wished to deter bathers from using a large public fountain. Counting on a lack of understanding about water's chemical makeup, he arranged for signs reading, Danger! Water contains high levels of hydrogen. Keep out to be posted on the fountain at public expense. (laughs) I don't know if it worked, but that's amazing. That's awesome. Uh, so <laughs> there's all, there's a couple, there's a couple other examples of that having happened. Um, do you want to hear a, another fun story? Of this course. one's kind of less fun, but about, uh, politicians trying to maybe <laughs> legislate their way around reality. Yeah. This I, happened in, I can't imagine that ever happening, but sure. <laughs> this happened in 1897. Uh, Um, in Indiana, the Indiana general assembly, uh, very nearly passed a bill to establish pie, not the pie you're thinking of, not the other pie you're thinking of. So pie, like 3.14 mathematical pie. Okay. Uh, cause I was thinking you'd go pie dessert. A dessert pie, and when then, you say and pie, then pe- I think dessert. And then if I'm like not that one, you're like, well, pizza for sure. Yeah. Okay. I would, my so second I was, guess would have been the number. Well, I misjudged you, my friend. Yeah, that's okay. If I'd said not the number, would you have then said, well, pizza? Then obviously, yes. That would okay. have been like my third guess by process mm. of elimination. Hmm. Um. They tried to just. I guess simplify that whole pie thing by just passing a bill saying it's 3.2. But 
it would be 3.1 if you rounded. <laughs> That's true. It didn't come from rounding. It came from one guy uh, who is a physician, you know, so maybe he, it would be he two, wasn't, I guess. This is, like 1. This is a great example. He, he was a physician. This is a great example of somebody who's good at one thing and then just assumes that they're good at something else. He was trying to square a circle. He was trying to find the area by using squares. Two pi R squared. Yeah, but he decided that pi was 3.2 in his attempt to square a circle. Uh, so I think this bill... Yeah, the day it went up for a vote, a professor happened to be there and was like, what? <laughs> you can't just declare that pi is 3.2. Pi is 3.1415926, sorry, 535. There's actually a, an, an internet page where you can see 1 million digits of pi on one page. You know what? I know that because my son is obsessed with pi and he might be able to recite the first 10, digit, 10 to 20 digits for memory, even though he hasn't looked at it in a long time. <clears throat> Listen, just, your kid is awesome. I've seen him do some spooky things. <laughs> he is kind of I've seen him recite some scary. things where I'm like ooh yeah he's he's a little scary and <laughs> that clearly doesn't come smart. from me because I've got the memory of a gopher <laughs> I'm like or maybe gophers have great memories I don't know uh, it's like all of a sudden this four year old's telling me shit that I should probably know as a grown ass man and I'm just like you're 100% right and that frightens me <laughs> yeah a smart boy you oh, got there. Yeah, he got it. He, <clears throat> he he did get a little interested in like it. It never ends. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I remember when he went through his thing with capitals. Yeah. State capitals, and I was like, "Oh my god, that was weird. That was awesome. <laughs> it's like completely accurate. Yeah. <clears throat> and like, it was, yeah, barely talking. He's favorite. telling me." It was his favorite party trick. Yeah, it was a good one. Also horrifying. <laughs> like, you're going to invent something someday. What was that thing we talked about on the show once about the computer, the AI? That if you didn't help. Oh, yes. It, uh, um, obelisk. Uh, Rocos Basilisk. Basilisk, yeah. Yeah. If you do not help bring this thing into existence, then you're going to be in danger. <laughs> But again, I think, you know, you wait, you wait till it's clearly going to happen. Well, then you got to get on board. Yeah. You just yeah. wait till the last minute, which also, is how I we do things on this show anyhow. So ab absolutely. I don't believe that basilisk technology. Okay. So for anyone who does, who didn't listen to that episode, Roko's basilisk is a thought experiment where uh, there's a, there's a com sophisticated computer AI that we're going to call a basilisk that's going to be invented some indeterminate time in the future. And once it comes into existence, the gain first thing sentience. it's going to do, it's going to gain sentience and it is going to torture and kill everybody in unimaginable ways, but only the people who didn't help bring it into existence. So now that you know that, this thing that now that you know this thought experiment, technically maybe you should try to help bring this thing into existence. It'd be in your light and best interest. But if we all just, you know, agreed to not do that, then uh, we don't have to worry about it. And I, for one, welcome our new overlords. 
well, here's the thing. I'm just going to wait, you know, until it becomes clear that the basilisk is coming. And then, yeah, absolutely. I was, I'm, I'm a basilisk fence uh, sitter. All right. I'm going to wait to see which way the wind's blowing on the old basilisk issue. Well, don't be, uh, don't miss out. So that's what we got then. You're going on vacation. I'm going on vacation. I'm leaving tomorrow. Yeah. So this was uh, hastily put together at the very end. We have no just to, Kev's closing fact again because yeah, it's just, still the same episode. Just to add more context to my week, uh, my wife got into a very minor car accident this week as well, just to make things more complicated uh, in my life. Uh, in, a, in a vehicle that I'm in the process of trading in. She yeah. got into a minor car accident, which was not her fault at all. Um, and that just sucks. So between travel agents and uh, insurance agents, do you have any soul left? Not much of one, no. <laughs> you kind of started at a disadvantage too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt, uh, I think myself and our listener wish you a happy vacation travel. We'll, Why, thank you. We'll Why, thank you. By the time you. you're listening, I think... By the time you're listening to this, I should be back in Canada for this episode. By the time, yeah. Provided you don't just get COVID and get stuck in. Yeah, that's, yeah. I just wanted to feed your anxiety a little bit tonight. Thank you. Yeah. Before you leave. Well, if we get stuck at the, uh, at the resort we're at, they're going to keep us up there. So. Dude, I would do, I would, honestly, (laughs) I would just start. You'd be be licking doorknobs. I'd be licking handrails (laughs) and doorknobs and I'd be. Tell them random strangers, cough in my face, I'll give you five bucks. <laughs> and then as soon as I got the vid, I'd just be room servicing all day. You spend the first yeah, week of your think... vacation enjoying the sun. The quarantine part is just like feed up, I, I watching have, movies. I have a feeling that we, we we are at a resort that's that's gonna gonna keep us put us up apparently if that happens but i have a feeling like the level of service has to drop off significantly at that point <laughs> yeah they're like yeah we'll put you up follow us your room is no yeah. longer available it's down for, for sure cleaning. I'm, sh- <laughs> I'm sure it's very i'm sure it's very different uh at, at that point so hopefully we you know I, I imagine you still have to wear a mask if you're going from station to station once you get in your lounge chair or whatever you can can relax. I hope you end up Take with a mask, mask tan line. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be absolutely brilliant. Well, apparently everybody who gets there gets a burn right away. So we are like, I owe you a hundred percent. I'm going to show up like, uh, yeah, we're going to, we're, yeah, we're taking off from Toronto. We're going to stay in Toronto overnight and I'm going to put on like just slather on sunscreen in the morning. Yeah. I think that's a yeah. brilliant idea. Yeah. All right, man. Well, good luck and good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Fact Smacks. We hope you enjoyed our show. If you want to hear more, be sure to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash facts schmacks. Or you can check us out on Facebook or on YouTube or on Twitter.com at Fact Schmacked Pod. We also have a website, factschmacks.xyz. Because we know you haven't had enough yet. Sure. <laughs>